What it do, fantasy football degenerates? We are back with another front page football podcast on August 2nd, 2020. This is your host, Eric Tatum. I'm joined today by the front page crew, Joey Tao and Nate Keeney. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at frontpage underscore FF. Today's topic will be the Seattle Seahawks team preview. Let's start off with some trivia questions. Nate, what do you have for us today? <laughs> yeah, thanks, Eric. All right, first question. Lockett and Metcalf led the team last year with 111 and 100 targets, respectively. Who was third? Um, Interesting. Jacob Hollister. Joe? I will go uh, – you know what? I think I'm going to go Jacob Hollister as well. Jacob Hollister is correct. <laughs> 59 targets. I would not have known that, but I was looking at the target share probably like an hour before we started started filming. <laughs> yeah, very thin, uh, narrow pass offense. All right, we got a bonus trivia too. One of the star offensive players on the Seahawks is also the author of a book. Who is it, and what is the name of the book? <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. I feel like oh, you guys, you guys should know who this is based on my allegiances to certain players, but oh why, my goodness. why I, I would like know it, who wrote a book. I feel like it's Tyler Lockett, <laughs> and I feel like I don't, I don't know. It's got to be Tyler Lockett, though. Uh, I'm going to say Tyler Lockett, and I'm going to say know. he wrote a book about, about finance or something. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say it's a children's book. <laughs> a children's book by Tyler Lockett. Is uh, that it? No, it is Tyler Lockett. Um, but it is not a children's book. Uh, as you guys may know, he is president of team No Sex, and it is called Reflections, which is, quote, a book of poetry, reflective and uplifting journey through topics such as identity, sports, race, <laughs> relationships, and how to live a purposeful life. Wow. So, wow. Shameless plug there for Tyler Lockett's book. There you go. Hopefully we get some uh, advertising dollars there. <laughs> So anyways, moving on to some serious topics. Let's talk about the Seattle Seahawks. Their current win total is at nine. Their notable offseason additions, Jamal Adams, which was a massive acquisition. Um, they spent two first-round picks to get him. Uh, they got Russ in his prime, so I guess they're trying to get back to their Legion of Boom days maybe. Uh, he's probably the best safety in the league and, and definitely a top-10 defensive player. Uh, interestingly enough, though, I was doing my – research before they got him and he didn't move their win total line at all uh which is kind of surprising i guess but anyways yeah they also addressed defense in the draft they spent their first round pick on a linebacker out of texas tech jordan brooks and they spent their second round pick on a defensive end out of tennessee darrell taylor also kind of notably they drafted dj dallas out of the u with the fourth round pick he's a running back and they also signed Carlos Hyde. Um, so they were 17th last year in Football Outsiders adjusted defensive DVOA, which, as I mentioned earlier, is a little rare for them. You know, they've had the the Legion of Boom for the last decade or so. So a, a little weird for Pete Carroll not to have a, a top 10 unit. Although their defense was so poor last year uh, relative to what they normally are, they were still 23rd in pass attempts, which I think just goes to show you the mindset of the coaching staff here in Seattle. They want to run the ball every play if given the opportunity, even though they have probably the second best quarterback in the NFL in his prime. It's kind of ridiculous. 
So uh, they're bringing back Pete Carroll and Brian Schottenheimer. And they also have uh, a pretty bad offensive line, uh, 29th in Brandon Thorne's offensive line rankings, which uh, is not good in the extremes, as we've talked about before. So, Joe, how are we feeling on Russell Wilson this year? Do you think Pete Carroll's finally going to let this man cook? Unfortunately, no. But I do love me some Russ this year. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, I think the the reason that you can love Russ is the chance that he does cook. You know, if he does cook, he he may be he may challenge Patty Mahomes as QB one. If, if all the stars align, the defense is just keeps continuing to get worse. You know, he has to continue to throw. If he throws in the higher you know echelon of his pass attempts. Then yeah, I think he could finish his QB one, QB two. So I I love I love Russell Wilson. Um, it's unfortunately he is going pretty high though. So uh, it's you know as always opportunity cost where he is going. You know he's going as QB five right now, fifty six overall, which is is pretty tough for me honestly to to take him there. I feel more comfortable taking him there in GPP. You know big tournaments trying to shoot for that upside if he does cook. Uh, other than that, I'm probably going to be out on him unless he does slip a little bit in his cost. But I mean, I do love this guy, Nate. I, I, I mean, I, I think he could, you know, like you said, I think he's the second best quarterback in the league. Um, just a few things to show how good he really is. That per Warren Sharp, his expected completion percentage the last two years been bottom five in the league, but his actual completion percentage over expectation is top five. So he's just super accurate yeah he's he's just extremely good and i think that as he's gotten better the defense has gotten worse so he's been (laughs) he's been trying to ask to do more and you know i was i know that there's that the narrative that he hasn't been able to cook but he is throwing more than he has when he first entered the league over his first first four years he averaged 433 pass attempts and his last four years he's averaged 510 so quite a bit more, but we need him to be over 550. If he can get over 550, which, I mean, I, I think this defense, even though they did add Jamal Adams, I think it, it I mean, a few, an injury here and there, it could be worse than last year. The, the defense has definitely been trending in the wrong direction. And if he, they need him to throw, we could get some elite numbers this year. Yeah, I agree with that. Um he is throwing a bit more than he used to. Obviously their defense isn't the last four years hasn't been anywhere near as elite as it was the previous four, but I, I, I just don't trust the coaching staff to completely change their philosophy to let this, this guy throw as always, you know, the, the upside is there, but I, I don't know. I just don't really see the path to getting there. Eric, you have anything to add on Russ? Um, yeah, I was just going to say, Joey said we can maybe see him hit over 550 attempts. He's only done that once in his entire career when he hit 553 uh, during the 2017 season. And that is the league average over the past three years in attempts. Yeah. So not, not too much passing attempts for Russ. No, it's stupid. Yeah. They they have, you know, like we said, the second best quarterback in the league and they just first, second, third quarter, just, you run the ball, control the clock, and then Pete Carroll looks up and he's like, oh, shit, we're down three scores. Uh, Russ, help us out. And he gets him pretty damn close every time in about one quarter. So kind of ridiculous. 
Uh, are you touching either of these tight ends, Joe? No, I'll just make it quick here. I don't really know which one it's going to be. So uh, they've got a few there. Greg Olson, Will Disley, Jacob Hoster's probably third there. They're all probably going to be pretty good. I don't know. I don't know. And they're going pretty late. I just like so many other tight ends that I'm just not even messing around with these guys here. Yeah, Joe, I agree with you there. Uh, not much to say on the on the Seattle tight ends. Uh, Eric, how are we feeling about the wide receivers in Seattle? Wide receivers, so there's two viable fantasy options. We got DK and then Tyler Lockett. Right now, Tyler Lockett's going wide receiver 20, 50 overall. DK Metcalf is wide receiver 21, 52 overall. So you're going to get a shot at one of these if you've got like a mid-fifth round pick. A couple things to note about the wide receiving core. Flash Gordon, he's vacating 47 targets. They did add Philip Dorsett to their roster, but I don't see him eating too much into anything. Seahawks last year, they called the sixth most, most rushing plays in the NFL, and they were 24th in pass attempts per game. So we've already touched on Wilson's attempts, just to go over a few of them. Last year, he threw 516. The year before that, 427. And then his highest he's hit is 553, and that's the league average over the past three years. So volume alone kind of brings these wide receivers' potential down. I don't see that increasing. They just added Jamal Adams onto their defense. And I don't see Pete Carroll changing his run-the-damn-ball philosophy that he's had over the past couple years with the Seahawks. So getting more in-depth on the receivers, Tyler Lockett last year, he had 82 receptions on 110 targets, 1,057 yards and eight touchdowns. That was good for a wide receiver 15 finish and half PPR. DK, on the other hand, had 58 receptions on 100 targets, 900 yards and seven touchdowns. He finished at a wide receiver 28 half PPR. DK also ranked 11th most in dropped passes in the NFL. So that's where we get the discrepancy on the receptions. They both had about the same amount of targets, but DK only had 58 receptions compared to Tyler Lockett's 82. So that's something he's been working on this offseason. And if he could bring that up, then we could see him kind of have similar numbers to Tyler Lockett, maybe even better. A key thing before them both is we think of DK as like the big red zone target. Last year, he was targeted 18 times in the red zone with six receptions, while Tyler Lockett was targeted in the red zone 24 times with 17 receptions. So it's not like DK's hogging all these red zone targets. They're about equal there. So they're both about equal in targets. DK's just a little less efficient, and they're going about the same in the draft. So if you're looking for the safe option, you're going to draft Tyler Lockett. If you're looking for an option that has a lot more potential, then you're going to draft DK Metcalf. And so that's just kind of how your strategy is going to be based in the fifth round. At that pick, I think I would probably go more upside potential with DK Metcalf. Um, what do you guys think? Who would you take? Um, I've always been team, team no sex with Tyler Lockett. I do think that there is that small sliver of touchdown upside with DK Metcalf. Um, I do think he's the better red zone option. 
even though that their their stats are pretty similar last year. But that connection that Lockett and and Russ have over the last few years is just unmatched. I, I think we can all you know remember some iconic play where he's you know the play breaks down and he's scrambling out and it's six seven seconds uh, in the pocket and he throws some bomb to Tyler Lockett. Uh, he's the guy that he looks to uh, when he's in trouble. So unless that changes, I still like Tyler Lockett and I do think he has the upside to be a top ten guy when he had. His, his better games last year before he got hurt, um, he was top 15, I believe. So I, I think he can get there. Um, but I'm okay. I'm coming around on either. Uh, I'm okay with taking decaf, but I, I, I prefer Tyler Lockett. Lockett did finish at wide receiver 15 last year, half PPR. Okay. And so point per game? Just overall at the oh, end wow. of the season, yeah. Okay. And he was banged up the last couple games. So Yeah. So probably yeah. could raise him up a little bit. Yeah. Joe? Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you, Nate. I'm I'm team no sex as well. Um, Tyler Lockett's my dude. I just think, you know, I think DK. I think where you're early on DK overtaking Tyler. I I get it, but I just think that the connection that Russ and Tyler have is is hard to beat right now, and especially in an off season where they haven't been throwing passes to each other. You know, Russ hasn't really been working with DK this off season to work work on that. Um, I'm just going to bet on Tyler Lockett, especially if they're going in the same spot. Um, okay, well, let's move on to the running backs then. As Eric mentioned earlier, they were third last year, only behind the Ravens and the 49ers. Uh, and spoiler alert, they're not as good as them. Uh, and they should not have been running the ball that much, but we've already talked about how D. Carroll loves to run the ball. So Chris Carson is still recovering from a hip injury, which is a bit concerning. This isn't, you know, your standard... ACL tear or something where there's a, a normal timeline um, for recovery. It's, it, it is concerning. Um, the Seattle Times is reporting that he will be ready to go week one and he will be the starter. But uh, that will be uh, continued to be monitored throughout the offseason. It sounds like Rashad Penny is likely going to start on the pup. And like I mentioned earlier, they did bring in DJ Dallas, but I'm not too worried about him. Uh, he's a fourth-round pick, and I think he'll take some time to develop. Oddly enough, his player profile comp is Thomas Rawls. <laughs> kind of funny. I love so, Thomas Rawls. <laughs> he won you a, a natty a few years ago, right? You no, know, he he saved me from uh, the toilet bowl punishment. Oh. Uh, <laughs> last 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 game of the regular season, I had to win and win by like forty points, and Thomas Rawls uh, got got me like forty five points. <laughs> the last week of game, so I dodged. Uh, I dodged the wheel. <laughs> I, I bet a lot of people have strong feelings on Thomas Rawls because they were either on one one side or the other of that ridiculous run that season. Yep. God. he was like a third round pick the next year. Yes, super high, aggressive, very aggressive. Last year, Chris Carson had 15 games, 278 carries, which is a ton. But we can look to last season and efficiency and yards per carry uh, all we want. But I think this backfield is pretty simple. Carson is their guy. Uh, they signed Carlos Hyde, but I think he's more of just an insurance policy, given that Rashad Penny probably starts on the pup and Chris Carson isn't fully healthy. So I think Carson will have a three-down roll um, on, a, on a run first offense. They don't really have a pass catcher. Carson hasn't had more than uh, 30 receptions in a season. 
But Carlos Hyde certainly can't catch the ball, and Rashad Penny isn't looking like he's going to be healthy. So uh, he's going around the likes of Todd Gurley, MG3, and Leonard Fournette. Uh, so I really like him over those guys. Like we mentioned before, I, I like the wide receivers a little bit more in that range. But uh, I think he's a great RB2 uh, if that's the route you want to go. I'm not touching Rashad Penny in redraft. Starting on the pup, burning a hole in your bench for six weeks is just impossible to hold on to for that long. And I'm definitely not touching Carlos Hyde in redraft. His path to relevancy is Rashad Penny starts on the pup. Carson hip, Carson's hip flares up. Uh, and he either misses time or they have to start bringing in um, Hyde to lessen his workload. Uh, DJ Dallas takes too long. And even if all of those things happen and they don't sign Skittles, then he's going to score like eight or nine points a game, you know, and get you, you know, 15 carries for 80 yards or something. It's just like, I don't care. Um, yes, and not be dust also. <laughs> yes, and not be what he's been for the last yeah. like three years. So Correct. That he's not going to win you your league. That's just a burned roster spot. So I like Chris Carson. Um, I'm in on him, but the, the receivers in that area are a lot more advantageous than he is. So you guys have anything on the, the running backs? Yeah, I just have one thing here. They're, they're projected to face the toughest run defensive schedule this year which extremes, you know, they do matter. So just something to keep in mind if, you know, you're, you're looking at Melvin Gordon and Chris Carson, one of these guys faces the toughest run defense and one, one doesn't. So it's just a, one more extra thing to kind of be worried about in that uh, backfield. Yeah. Eric, you got anything on the, the running backs? Um, I, I guess I'm kind of concerned with his injury. So if you do draft Carson, he might be one that you want to handcuff with Carlos Hyde. I think I'm staying away from him personally. I'd rather go a different option. But if if he's the only running back there and you have to take him, then I, w- I would handcuff him in this instance. Okay. I think it will be important to see what happens within the first few weeks of training camp. If he, I, I, As of now, I don't believe he has been assigned to the PP. So – Right now, I think he's okay. Like health wise, he's practicing, but we, we we definitely need to monitor that. And if for any reason there's any setbacks, that's a huge red flag for sure. Yeah, absolutely. All right, good stuff, guys. That about wraps up the Seattle Seahawks. Thanks for tuning in. Join us next time as we continue to move through the NFC West. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.